This is Seth Jaffe from Tasty Minstrel Games, designer of Eminent Domain. Uh, you're listening to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names, proud member of the Dice Tower Network. I am your co-host, Marty, and as always, we have Tony, who is still trying to recoup from Gen Con. Have you recouped yet? Uh, I think I have. I mean, I've sort of caught up on email and everything like that and, you know, playing those new games and all that good stuff. Okay, as you found out from the last episode, you know, I got one game, but so it wasn't that hard. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, sure have Marty. And, you know, um, as always, I want to remind people early in the show about the contest that's going on with Cool Stuff Inc. and all the various options that we have out there. So um, if you haven't entered, please get in because the time's running out. And as a reminder for everyone, uh, as if you listen to the Dice Tower podcast this uh, while back, they stated that, you know, they have over 3,000 people already in and 1,000. And I know it's escalated from there. You and I, we had around 200 plus uh, mm-hmm. at this time. So odds of winning at the Rolling Dice and Taking Name are substantially greater than those on other <laughs> podcasts. So That's right. And we have multiple ways of, of entering. You can go to our website, RollDiceTakingNames.com. We have uh, being able to just go and subscribe to our guild page on the on board, game guild, uh, board Game Geek. In addition, we have another method we have posted out there where you can go to our iTunes page, write us a little review, and uh, send us an email letting us know what your iTunes user is and and um we'll take that and we'll give you another name in the hat in addition we have a survey that's out too that's just going to kind of help us uh, get a, a feeling of where we are with the show and what you uh, guys like dislike and just get a little bit of feedback so we can help tweak the show to more to the liking of our audience so we got all those going on and like i said uh, it is going to be ending soon it'll be ending on august 31st so get out there and get your entries in now yes and the survey's not long guys because i have i have to do them at work to fill out for things I've, you know, that's one of the fun things I get to do. So, the, I mean, it's, it's quick questions, real quick. Don't, you don't have to leave comments, but any comments you leave, that's uh, we appreciate those positive, negative, positive reviews, negative reviews. We've got some thick skin around here. We can take it. I don't. Don't tell me anything uh, bad because no, I'm just crawl up in a fetal position. <laughs> I hear you, bud. I'm so, I'm so sensitive. I mean, uh, and besides, <laughs> if you tell us that you suck, we think, well, you're playing that game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by Bezier what, Games. You suck <laughs> game? Yeah, the by Bezier Games, Ted Allspots. Yeah. Um, you know, and we'll, we've got an interview lined up with him that's in a later show that uh, that was really interesting. And, and Marty, that you know, that was the neatest thing about doing these interviews and that's what this show's mm-hmm. about was it was working with those designers you know being able to yeah. sit down with them and talk to them so right. uh, and i know you had a big time at origins with this uh yeah i did in fact that's what this whole show is dedicated to episode 20 was all about just kind of catching up on uh, tony's experience that he had at gen con and, and what he thought and everything he went through well now we're going to start giving you all those cool epi- uh, uh reviews um reviews interviews that he got with uh, different designers and companies uh while um he was there and there's no better time than the present to go ahead and get started on it. Uh, who do we have first up? Well, the first one is going to be with Seth Jaffe from Tasty Minstrel Games. As you'll hear in the interview, Marty and I have this man crush going on with Eminent Domain, and it was to be able to sit down. First off, Marty, TMG booth, it was mobbed, absolutely mobbed. Because of Dungeon Roll or something else? A dungeon Roll. They had, okay. they had dungeon roll going all over the place. They had this huge treasure chest sitting there with the expansion cards that you could pick up that were part of the Kickstarter that you and I got. And they had the, the normal chest for um, the dungeon roll versus the ones that came in the Kickstarter that looked like a little mm-hmm. monster that you know people mm-hmm. have been debating about. Whatever, guys. Get, get, it, get over it. Get over it. It's, it's something that's, that stores your cards and your dice, okay? <laughs> right. You won't be using it later when you get all these expansions that they have planned. Um, and then, of course, the, you know, um, the gentleman, the, what's he, uh, the undead Viking, you know, the guy who does the review, mm-hmm. um, he mm-hmm. was there signing his card. 
Oh, that's awesome. Um, which I forgot. Anyway, um, I, I got to the booth and I sit down and, and it's kind of in a lull. It was lunchtime. Hint to people. If it's around food time, that's a good time to get on the exhibitor floor. <laughs> Okay. Unless the exhibitors want to go eat. Well, that's just it. I just happened to be walking by TMG's booth, taking a chance. And I had talked talk to Michael Mendez earlier in the the show uh, on, um, on Friday. And I said, you know, I'd really like to sit down and talk to y'all. So this interview occurred on Saturday with Seth. He just happened to be sitting there. He had just finished up his lunch. And he was sitting there. And he wasn't demoing the game. And I introduced myself and everything. I said, so would you mind answering some questions, you know, and be on, on. We're part of the Dice Tower Network. Would you mind giving me a brief interview? And he said, sure, have a seat, man. Let's talk. And I said, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> so, um, um, he, well, why, he did. Why, don't, why, don't, why don't we listen to it now? I'm sitting here with Seth Jaffe. You know him. You've heard us talk about him on Rolling Dice Taking Names. Our recent review of Dungeon Roll, we raved about it. And you know we have this man crush going on with Eminent Domain, and we cannot wait for Escalation. It's both backers, Marty and I. Seth, I'm looking around the booth. Incredible response. It's been hard to get in here. How's Gen Con doing? You know, we know Dungeon Rolls is a success. Tell us about it. Um, this is certainly the biggest and best uh, Gen Con for us. We've only been coming, this is our third year here. Two years ago, we were complete newbies, and we, I thought we were very really fortunate at the time. We had uh, six games uh, to show, and we, had a, we got pretty lucky with our booth, and uh, we were pretty excited. This is like that times infinity. This is a uh, way, our booth is... Uh, uh, two by two spaces, like twice as big as that. We got demo tables left and right, and they've been pretty much packed the entire time. We've got uh, a bunch of demo helpers that are doing a great job demoing Dungeon Roll. Uh, we've got product flying off the shelf. We're sold out of uh, Village Inn. We're sold out of Kings of Aaron Steam. We're um, running out of stuff left and right. It's great, and we sold, I think, 500 copies of Dungeon Roll on Thursday, and then like 300 more yesterday, I think. So. So that's incredible. And how did the delve go last night, midnight to three? Were you there? Uh, I stopped by. It sounded like we had in total about 50-something people who came in to do the Delvathon, which was a, uh, a community solo gaming event where uh, we invited people to come, get together, and play solo games of Dungeon Roll. And the way you would uh, add up your score, and it was a kind of a team effort to get the highest total max possible score, for that was Gen Con's Delvathon score, and another convention could have a Delvathon to compete with that. And the guy who put it together, Chris Schreiber, he's he's working with Tasty Minstrel now, uh, mostly on Dungeon Roll stuff at the moment. He put it together, and uh, he added some bonus points you get, a, a, a charisma stat, where for things like patting someone on the back if they fail a delve, or meeting someone and writing their name down, or high fiving someone when they defeat a dragon. So all these kind of so you can encouraging people to you know play together even though they're playing a solo game. Um, and yeah, it was uh, it was pretty pretty cool. I don't know what the tally is. I don't know what our, our total score was, but fifty something people. Every once in a while, so, someone steps up and, and shouts, "I am friendly," because that was one of the one of the one of the uh, <laughs> benefits that you could do. Um, it was great. It, yeah. So so I will say this: you've had two very successful Kickstarters. First off, you know with Dungeon Roll, uh, almost a hundred thousand, and then also with um, Eminent Domain Escalation. That was a short. Uh, Kickstarter. Um, how are things going with uh, Escalation on, on product? When, when, when we might see it? Are you still looking at this year? Uh, yes, we are looking very good for on time, if not early delivery of uh, Eminent Domain Escalation as well as the Belfort expansion, which we also had on Kickstarter. Um, but uh, yeah, the Kickstarters were amazing. $100,000 for uh, Escalation, $250,000 for Dungeon Roll, the Dungeon Roll, uh, 10,000 backers, that's the biggest, I, I understand that's the biggest uh, tabletop game Kickstarter backer-wise yet. Um, and it delivered on time, which is new for, a, a lot of Kickstarters don't make it on time, I don't think any of ours have, and so getting it on time at that scale has just been really exciting. Uh, people have been walking up with their mimic boxes and, and, and uh, giving us high fives and fist bumps and, uh, and, and, and thanking us for, for various aspects of the, of the campaign. I know with the Kickstarter, you put in one of the projects that we see here already out. When's the next one going to be released? What's the schedule like? Have y'all determined that yet? We are working on the next Hero Booster. 
Uh, we're working on it now, and we're hoping, if things go well, to um, get it out by like December. Uh, which I uh, don't know right now if that's going to be 100% possible or not, but uh, that's the plan. The plan is to get it out by December, the next Back of Heroes. Next year, we plan to have an expansion as well. Uh, not just new heroes, but actually new, some new dynamics and some new stuff. Okay, well, that sounds outstanding. I know the die. I love when we roll the dice. They sound good. They feel good in your hand. That's a great product. I mean, I don't think they'll ever wear out on the colors. Easy to teach, so you got it. Without a doubt, it's a great filler game. We love it, playing in our game club as we wait for others. And Inkwell here, you going to offer those um, level trackers on your on the mouse pads here, or is that just special for for the con? What are you thinking there? Anything? We don't have the level trackers on these mouse pads uh, here. Uh, we have a couple for our demos, but the uh, image made by Rob Lundy, the artist for the the box in the game and the mimic box, he made that image available on Board Game Geek for free. And you can download it. And right now, I think through the end of the month, ArtScow is having some ridiculous promotion where it's like 99 cents shipped anywhere in the world for a large mouse pad with whatever art you want. So if you find the right promo code, if you look on BoardGameGeek, you could um, look through the threads. There's a promo code you need, but you can get a 99 cent level tracker claim uh, mouse pad. What's, what do you got planned for 14? I know you, you don't rest. There's no doubt about that. I certainly don't rest. Uh, so in 2014... Things that we have, uh, and we are planning on doing an expansion for Dungeon Roll, and I'm sure another Hero Booster as well. Uh, we're planning on doing, um, I've got another expansion for Eminent Domain that I'm nearly done with, and uh, it's called Exotica, and it features new planet types, like exotic planets where there are alien technology, and also asteroids, which are like bad planets, unless you gear up for them, and then they're like cheap planets that are kind of good. So um, that, that's nearly done. So we plan to have that next year as well. Um, we will very likely have another um, dice game on the order of Dungeon Roll. Ho- well, hopefully, uh, hopefully bigger, but uh, or as big. Um, maybe a different theme, but a similar scope of game, similar type of game. Um, we're working on a couple of those types of things actually, um, and I will likely have an Eminent Domain dice game as well. Yeah, I know you had talked about that, and so we were interested in seeing how that comes out. And question about the recent Kickstarter City Hall what what is your plans with that I know it didn't get the momentum that you want but what, what are your plans with that one okay so with the City Hall the recent Kickstarter uh, we kind of had a little bit of a misstep and we had some internal uh, issues going on so we kind of took that one down but about the end of the month this month we're planning on putting another Kickstarter up Uh, Michael Keller, the designer of City Hall, he's done another game that we're also publishing called Captains of Industry, and we're planning on putting up a Kickstarter for both of those games. You get either one at a a decent discount or both at a significant discount if you want. So that's the plan, and it should be up uh, around the end of this month. So watch, watch for that. Uh, We're not, we're not, uh, we're not out, we're not done with uh, City Hall yet. It's going to get one more shot, and I really think it's a good game, and I think people will appreciate it given the opportunity. Um, so we're hoping we can get our stuff together and get that Kickstarter going about the end of the month. And, and I know I was in a group yesterday, and they were talking about, you know, there's the explosion of games on uh, Kickstarter is unreal. How do you, do you have a way to, other than just through the community, to distinguish out uh, Tasty Minstrel Games to let everybody know, that, I mean, quality products are coming from y'all, no doubt. So how do you get it out there with over 180 games out there right now on Kickstarter? Uh, it is tough. There's a lot of games on Kickstarter, but you know what? There's also a lot of games in stores, so it's, you know, it, no matter what, it's going to be tough to get your game out there and get uh, separate yourself. Uh, I think Tasty Minstrel, thankfully, has done a pretty good job so far of um, and and it, it took a lot of work and, and, and a little bit of luck, maybe a lot of luck to get there. But uh, we have a number of fans who like a lot of a lot of, if not all, of the stuff we put out. I've, uh, people have been coming up to the booth and telling me, "Stop making good games! You're taking all our money!" Things like that. And um, that's the way that it goes. You get you put out a lot of good stuff, and then people look forward to your stuff. In addition, Michael's put together a, a very big list of of uh, fans uh, that uh, subscription fans that, that get the Taste Mutual newsletter and get emails and are, are, are interested in what we're doing. So that helps. Uh, that certainly helps when, when um, as Michael had said in interviews, in fact, recently on an on, uh, interview, he said that the way to go is you need uh, reach. You need uh, people to, you need an audience. Uh, to, if you're going to succeed on Kickstarter, the first thing you need is an audience. Because if you're, you could have the best thing ever on Kickstarter, if nobody knows it, then they're not going to, you're not going to back it and they're not going to make, uh, succeed. So the audience is key. 
and uh, over the last since 2009, so that's four years now, um, we've been building this audience, and um, uh, we had a rough start. If the people that that were around back then remember, but we've had it, we've we stuck with it, and we've been fortunate that our fans have stuck with us, and we've got um, a pretty good solid base of fans to start from. And then it's a matter of uh, making sure we don't disappoint them. Um, you know, putting out good stuff. That's the only way we can really identify ourselves is by by doing that, doing the best we can. Well, Seth, I know you're real busy here, and I appreciate your time. Thanks for taking time to interview with Rolling Dice and taking names. Thanks for interviewing. All right, guys, so the magic that Marty does on editing is amazing. During that interview, I don't know if you recognized all the clips. Um, you would think I'd never... You, if you heard the shows previously, you knew that, first off, I was taking my iPad to do these interviews. Marty gave me this really cool microphone. And so, man, that thing was sensitive, Marty. So you heard all these clips in that interview, but Marty edit, made, it, made it sound good, didn't you? No, I didn't. I couldn't, I couldn't get all the clips out. Okay, well, anyway, so I apologize for that. <laughs> God. <laughs> so we're sorry about all this. Hey, yeah, yeah. The, the, the clips on your side when you were talking, I couldn't do much about. Yeah. So. But Seth, Seth sounded awesome. Well, that's all that matters. And y'all know that's what I it. sound like. Yes, it is. So <laughs> that was some great uh, insight on, you know, like you said, like you told him, kind of embarrassingly we have a man crush on this guy because of eminent domain so it sounds like uh yay the expansion uh es- es- escalation is coming mm-hmm. out uh on time at the end of this year maybe a little bit early and he's already working on the one for next year which is really cool yeah which so that means more money to that which is outstanding i don't mind that I, well we'll see how escalation does we'll see what it does what it sure, adds to the sure. game um and he talks about the planets and things like that he's working on for the next one as long as the size of the planets doesn't matter i'll be okay <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> um and the success of dungeon roll and how pleased they are with that there's no doubt about yeah. that yeah and they talk about that other um uh, dice game that i i guess they're going to i guess with the success of dungeon roll they have another one planned with it maybe a different theme or something like and then that coming of, out. and of course he's playing around with eminent domain as you heard from the interview of doing a dice game with eminent dice domain. game um so but that seems to be the thing because i the other big game at um everybody was going nuts over gen con was a uh, space cadets yeah dice, uh, the dice game dice duels yeah. yeah dice duels dice yeah that that sold out so i guess once you have a good successful game make a dice version of it real quick uh, yes without and you know here at rolling dice we're all for that um so stupid dice <laughs> anyway i'd rather take the names yeah so it was once again it was great um seth i appreciate your time and everything that was out uh a fun thing for me to do. I enjoyed meeting you. We follow you, you know, on the tweets and everything. Um, and I appreciate you taking the time with, with us to discuss everything that's going over at tasty minstrel games. And, you know, they had a lot of success. I would not be surprised if on Sunday they hadn't finished selling out a dungeon roll. It was so hot. It was, it was, yeah. it was incredibly hot. What, what was so great about that game is people like, you know, I know people have had some issues with it. Was it $15 at the show? Yes. It's a $15 game with a bunch of cool little dice. You can't go wrong with it. It is such a great little game to pull out and play in 10 minutes. And like I said in that interview, these are good, solid dice, you know? Yes. They're they're good dice. The artwork is funny. It's... I know some people have said, oh, there's a lot of downtime. Okay, yeah, I guess if you play four players, there's some downtime for two people, but... Again, it's just part of the experience. Just sitting there, the time flies by, and so it's it's neat to hear how they're going to come out with more hero packs next year, and and they've already got some really cool heroes, you know, in, in the in the boosters they got this year, in the in the part that came with the regular game. So I'm really looking forward to see what new new heroes they introduce. Yeah, and one one of the things that someone suggested there, and also on the forums, is to minimize downtime. Instead of one person being the dungeon lord, pass that around. You know, if you got four people sitting there, so one person rolls the one die, the next person rolls the two die on the level. Just pass that around among oh, the people. Oh, that's a that's a cool idea. I hadn't thought about that. And, and that yeah, that's really good. And that way, there's not that much downtime. And one thing that I, we didn't point out in our five minute initiative on this was that it. Well, we might have. It's been a while since we recorded it. Was just how simple it is to teach that game. Purple kills all the purple. Green kills all the green. You know, mm-hmm. silver kills. Right. And anybody can drink all the potions. So, right. so including it, scrolls, including including scrolls, and oh, and by the way, the potion inside the treasure chest doesn't have to be drunk. Those are the key, that's right. Those are the key things about that game. Key points. Key points that you need to know. They had some great T-shirts too, Marty. 
three lines on a t-shirt this is how you play dungeon roll and then of course the dungeon delve oh i would have loved to have had one of those yeah that was so cool but if if, if you had tweeted a picture of it i probably would have got one if i'd have seen what it looked like they weren't selling them so anyway um, oh, okay um and then of course the dungeon delve um from midnight to three unfortunately i was worn slam out and i went back to the room i was tired Oh, yeah, that sounded really cool. Maybe we need to do something like that here for Mace. That would be so cool for Mace. Yeah, I agree. Maybe we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll, everybody, That'd be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Put it on our to-do list somewhere. All right. So next up, Marty, what we've got is we moved to a gentleman who you got to uh, talk to, I believe, at Origins, who I uh, mm-hmm. got to, Steve Bonacore from Stronghold Games. And we just mentioned their key success at Gen Con was uh, Space Cadet Dice Duels, which sold out in the first day, I believe, if, I remember, if I'm looking at my notes correctly. You talk about a personable guy Steve was incredible. I mean, I walk up there and I, and the lady looks at me. She goes, can I help you? I go, yes, I have an interview with Steve Bonacore. And she goes, Steve, you're 11 o'clock's here. And Steve goes, hey, Tony. I'm like, I didn't have to give him my business card. I didn't have. Isn't he awesome? I was like, I don't care what Tom Vazel says about you and stuff. You are. No, you, yeah. Mr. Bonacore, we're on your side on this. Forget Tom. Yeah. I mean, he came over to me, shook my hand, clapped me on the back. I'm like, this, this feels like work right here. You know, you know <laughs> yeah. how you meet people. He, he's, he, he is, he is such a great guy. So let's hear what he has to say about stronghold games and stuff they have coming out uh, this year at Gen Con. I have the opportunity to be standing here with Steve Bonacore and the, um, Gorgeous. I mean, gorgeous booth here oh, at Strong, nice Strong, Stronghold Games. And, I mean, he's, he's stuck back in here, but he has got a tremendous amount of traffic here. So, so Steve, you sold out Space Cadets Dice Duel, no doubt. You certainly hot, did. Hot game, incredible game. Um, how is it going here at Gen Con? It's been a phenomenal Gen Con. The first day here on Thursday, as you said, we sold out of Space Cadets Dice Duel. And, again, I didn't bring a small number. I brought a lot of them. We can't anticipate demand, you know, sometimes. So uh, we had to fly them in from Germany. We sold out. The response has been great. We're still demoing it here. It's one of the big buzzes on, on the Geek Buzz. I was on BGG TV, and it's, it's doing great. Uh, it Really, guys, it, I'm going to tell everybody out there, you've got to try this game. Even if you don't buy it, go to your friend's house and try this game. It is just an absolute blast. There's nothing like it in the market. It's, it, it is the team versus team, real-time, Dice rolling starship combat game. I mean, nothing competes with that. You know, Jeff had an idea to do a game that took the the escape mechanics. You know, this the uh, the queen game escape took that you know real time dice rolling, but now put it put on what you know what we think is a, a really cool thing, right? Starship combat, and put it into the space cadets universe, and and just and now make it a team game. Now, how many team games are there out there? So it's going to be great. Stuff. It's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be really big for us, and I highly recommend everybody checking this game out. You're gonna love it. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, it's hard to get a demo over there, but you know, everybody that's playing over there, they're constantly. It's hard to get them away from the table. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, there's a lineup to uh, to play it. If you go to Essen this year, we're gonna have a lot of space there. This is, I guess, for the uh, for the for the uh, European listeners. If you go in there, or some of the Americans, we're gonna have a lot of tables going there. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of the, a lot of copies of this and our other releases. So uh, you know, absolutely stop in there. That'll be the next convention appearance for Stronghold Games. All right. So what's going on behind me here? I know this was a real hot game at Origins. You sold out there uh, for this one. That's right. That's Valuspa. Well, Waluspa, depending on how you'd like to pronounce that. That is, yeah. Again, we sold out at Origins. It, it is a new summer release. It actually released in the middle of July officially on the street. It is a tile-laying game set in the Norse mythology. So, in the game, the usual characters show up, Odin and Thor. And guess what you're trying to do here is you're trying to dominate the line of tiles. Put the highest number in either the rows or the columns. Now, each tile has a number from one to eight. Obviously, Odin and Thor, the eight and the seven, are obviously going to win a lot of times. But they have no other powers. They're just high numbers. All the other smaller tiles have these powers. So like Loki, he's only a one, but he makes everybody around him a zero. So if there's a Thor and an Odin right next to him, they're both zeros, and he's going to dominate them. He tricked them, and he'll score points. The Valkyries, they're only a two, but if you get one on both sides of the line, 
they taking everybody to Valhalla, and therefore they score by having people on both sides of the line. So it's a really, really interesting, fun, and gorgeous game. The yeah, the art is incredible. The art is by his artist, Piro, who did For Me, Lost Temple, and he did Ghost Stories. Uh, he does great portrait art, and guess what? All the art in that game is like all these portraits. So not only did, And not only did the game come out um, you know, with the base set, there's also a built-in expansion in the game. This game is actually a re a retheming of Katrina, K Kachina, which is a native Native American uh, themed game. Bucephalus put it out about five years ago. They went under. We we got the license back. We brought it back out with Norse mythology, and we added an extra expansion in the game. So really beautiful components and uh, and doing very well for us, as as you might imagine. Oh yeah, I mean without a doubt. Also, you've got some other games here, Revolver. Um, I saw a lot of people over in the um, game center playing Crude. The, uh, they were starting up something over there and, of course, Survive. One of the things about Stronghold games I've always noticed is they're simple to learn, but there's a lot of strategy in them. There's no doubt about that. No, no, we, we yes, exactly. And, and as I've said uh, in, the, in the past, uh, we're trying to be, I, I like to have a game that everybody would like. Now, not every gamer will want every game, but if you come to Stronghold Games, I guarantee there's a game here in my line that you're going to like. I go from the lightest of the light kind of stuff, my light card games, they're still fun, light strategy games, uh, Little Devils and Crazy Creatures, Survive, my biggest selling game, Survive, by far my biggest selling game, a fantastic game. Um, I go to the light side and I go to the ultra heavy side with like CO2, that is an ultra heavy Euro game, you know, uh, the people who like the power grids and the Terra Mystic is that depth of Euro, those are the kind of people who want to come and play CO2. And it's a gorgeous game with uh, uh, great artwork on that game, too. So, Well, I appreciate your time. I know you're real busy here. So, um, once again, great success with Space Cadets, Dice Duels. I know we're waiting for it in the stores back home in Charlotte. Appreciate you taking the time with us once again. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. it. Uh, well, uh, Mr. Bonacore, I'd actually like to take a second to uh, apologize for my co-host um, for um, not pronouncing your name correctly. Tony, it is Stephen Bonacore. Stephen, um, I got corrected on that at Origins, not Steve. Stephen, this man is the godfather of game publishing, and you treat him with the respect that he deserves. Stephen Bonacore. My bad. Okay. See, these are the kind of things you said you were being in. You, I was Batman, and, and you were Oracle. Where was that when I could have gotten it? Huh? His name tag clearly says Stephen. Stephen. Okay. Anyway. S-T-E-P-H-E-N. You're absolutely right. So, Mr. Bonacore, we apologize. for Again, we're still on your side and not on Tom Vassell's. So, I hope we didn't, you know, lose you there. However, the Dice Tower does help us out, so we are on both sides. (laughs) (laughs) We're (laughs) two-faced. Stephen Bonacore, yes. Oh. So, anyway. All right. So, Stronghold Games. So, I know he spent, uh, like you you had mentioned, um, the Space Cadets... Dice dual, dual die. Why can't I say that right? Say it. What is it? Uh, Space Cadets Dice Duels. Dice Duels. Uh, huge hit. Uh, everybody was uh, tweeting about it on Thursday. I got my copy. They sold out. And I have not had a chance to play that game. Did you see anybody playing it there by any chance? Oh, all over the place. It was unreal. I mean, that was. Did, 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 did you get a gist of what it was about? Did it look fun? I mean, it, it looked really entertaining. I, I went in there and I got to play um, Time and Space. I was trying. I was waiting to go around all the tables and work on my badges like you did. Um, however, mm-hmm. people weren't getting up. They were, oh. and that's fine. That's what Gen Con's all about: experiencing the games. But I really wanted to go over there and get that gameplay. But they were having such a fun time that you know it was hard to move people in and out at their booth. Um, it looked a lot of fun. Um, if you like that real time space. A real-time game element, then it's definitely a game you need to check out. I really like the idea of of moving the dice and you know saying, okay, you got the X amount and you got that amount, and that that was just a really neat concept that they came up with. Um, so that that game, you know, um, if 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 the real-time aspect is something you like, definitely check it out. Now, the mm-hmm. game you really liked was Voluspa. Voluspa, yeah, I got to demo that at uh, Origins, and that's that tile laying game with gorgeous art. Oh, pretty art! 
It, it is. And I was actually going to suggest to you, I know that uh, you get with your neighbor sometime and play, and I know they aren't really into the heavy games. Veluspa, I think, would be a really good game for your group. Because when you first introduce it, it almost feels like, oh, this is kind of like dominoes. Exactly. Uh, where you're playing the tiles. So the concept is real easy to grasp. Oh, well, I'm taking, I have so many tiles, and I'm putting them in like dominoes. The only thing is, is you just have to remember what each one of the different tiles do, mm-hmm. do not does do. But, you know, they, they have a guide there that tells you, that, a user's guide that keeps up with track with, with what all the different ones do and, and how they react. It's, it is a really good game. Uh, it, is, it is a light game where it's one of those you can sit there and as you play, you can just talk about different things without really uh, having to spend a lot of time thinking about the game until it's your, your turn again. Uh, so I really think potentially for your family and your game group, you may really like it. Oh, I, I believe so. And that's why I wanted to work on my badges because I was going to get my badges just so I could mm-hmm. experience and get play. 50% off. Well, that and it was been nice to have demoed it, see if I would have liked it because it was really, I, I do like the concept. Oh, look, here's the, it, it kind of, when he was talking about it, it kind of reminded me of Stratego with the, you know, the numbers and the things like yeah. that. I'm like, oh, but that tile just knocks that person down. So that's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, and um, uh, I, I love the theme. I love the Norse theme. Is it really needed? No, but I like Norse type themes. So oh, I thought that was kind of yeah, cool. the mythology from that. And what, you're right. I apologize, Stephen. Uh, I should know better, <laughs> uh, especially you know. Uh, do you know, Marty? My press badge, and I'm going to say this: said David McCree. Okay, so you know me as David Anthony McCree, Tony, because we're raised in the South. And I, do you know how many times I had to explain why I'm called Tony? So that was always fun. But so well, I understand why, why. Why, when you registered, why didn't you just put Tony? Why'd you put David at all? Because it wouldn't have matched my driver's license, and you had to, and they had to match. Oh. Why didn't your parents just call you by your first name? Well, that's another issue in itself. We won't go oh, into okay. that. That's <laughs> that's for the Dr. Phil episodes. <laughs> so here we go. Um, so up next, you know, once again, guys, if if you're looking for a quick, fast place, uh, fast paced games, uh, go to Stronghold Games. See what they're offering. Uh, there's a lot of options there. You heard it on there where he goes all the way from the light to the heavy. Um, I'm really wanting to try CO2. Yeah, I really do too. Because um, I'm, I really am interested in a heavy game, and hearing him talk about, it's like, ooh, I might need to look into that one. Yeah. Oh, me too. I, I was watching a video on it, and it was like a 22 minute review on it, and I was just like, oh man, that just because I, I love, uh, you know, we just you brought me back Power Grid, and I really enjoy that, and so I'd really like this right up my alley yeah. from from that standpoint. So once, but like I said in the interview. There's a lot of strategy in those games that you don't realize. And so that's, that's good. Yeah. So guys, uh, definitely go check out stronghold games. Um, so next up, um, I got the opportunity to tr- try demo one of the games that was on Marty's list for, yeah. was it, was it on your list? Was it, uh, let me just, was it on your list? Well, why don't you go back and find out? No, it was not on your list. Keep going. Okay. Anyway, so I went over to Cryptozoic to to talk to Corey Young, who the designer of Gravwell, and got to try that out. Marty next to Gale Force Nine's uh, Firefly game. Mm-hmm. Everybody was carrying this game out. It was one uh, when for the Dice Tower Network. Everybody said, "So, what games did you pick up? What games did you pick up?" And everybody goes. Gravwell, Firefly, you know, mm-hmm. that was, that was the common theme. Does uh, Corey actually go into some details about how it plays and how it works and stuff? I believe he, it, it, yeah. Well, well, let's go hear what he has to say about and it. And here is Corey on Gravwell, the game that I was able to purchase that Marty didn't get. Hey, I'm standing here with Corey Young, designer of Gravwell. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes, yeah. you did. Yeah. It's yes. Cool. Because some people, you know, they try to add the E and the extra letters and things like that. So, so how's it going at Gen Con? A lot of good demos. I know you got, what, four hours here sitting ready to demo the game? Yeah, and I actually I wasn't scheduled to do it yesterday, but I ended up doing three hours here yesterday, too. I mean, come on, you get a game out, you get a game released, you're not going to sit around and play it with folks? So, yeah, yeah it was great. It was great. I, I know my co-host, Marty, he really is looking forward to this game coming out. If you would, for our listeners, would you give me a little, like, you know, a quick overview of the game, what they can expect, who might enjoy it, or anything like that you can add so that we can definitely get it out there for our 
our group to play. Sure. Yesterday, actually, my favorite quote about the game was, this game is so easy to learn, the kids, the kids can pick it up and so on, but my, this person who was saying, my friends, among my friends, the people who like it most are the engineers and the scientists. Okay, so you got two electrical engineers, it should be right on top of it. Why is that? Um, it's just a thinky type of game um, in terms of depth, not in terms of all the different choices that you have, but understanding what the other person's going to do and timing your moves just right. So I'll give you a quick overview of the game. The um, object of the game is to help your ship escape from the center of this gravitational well. Um, so it's a linear track, it's in a spiral shape, um, and you're moving your ship along. The secret to it is your ships always move toward the ships that's, that are closest to you. So you're, you're, the movement is based on the location of the other players, and then there are also two derelict ships on the track, uh, so you can use their gravity to pull you forward. Basically, think your engines don't work, but your tractor beams do. Unfortunately, your tractor beams lock onto the nearest thing. Okay? okay. So um, on your turn, you'll have a hand of starting with six cards. Everybody picks one of their cards and puts it face down, and then you flip them all simultaneously, and you, then you resolve who moves first. The deck is really simple. It's got 26 cards in it. Each of the cards has a number in terms of how far it moves your ship, but it also has a letter from A to Z. Okay, 26 cards, 26 A to cards. Z. Yeah. Real, real simple. They looked like when I was watching them play, for someone reading that, I was thinking they were the elements. But they are. They are the elements. They are the elements, and that's thematic. The idea is you're sucking in elements from the cloud around you, um, and so you're powering with lithium this term and your oxygen next turn. But you can forget that. I mean, all you really care about is the first letter of that chemical symbol. Uh, two of them we had to make up because there are no chemicals that begin with J or Q. Uh, so, <laughs> so, um, but the um, for the most part, you're always moving toward the other ships. Uh, so if I play a, a B and you play a, a J, I'm going to move before you do. So maybe you were thinking, I'm just ahead of you and you're going to be attracted toward me, but suddenly I move and I'm behind you. So now you're going to be moving backwards this turn. So you're, you're trying to get the right combination. The early letters in the alphabet don't move you very far. A only moves you one, one space. Um, B moves you two. And then it's, it's a little random after that. The biggest one is actually M. M moves you ten. Um, uh, that's great. It's a big jump. But half the cards happen before it does and half of them have after. So it's a big gamble on whether you're going to be in the right place. So it's all about maneuvering. And it's all, you're always close. If you think about that, you're always attracted to the other ships. You're really dependent on the other ships. Um, so if you get way out in front, yeah. you've got nothing to pull against. Right. You right. Know, so you, you're, now, that said, there are four cards in the deck, kind of randomly interspersed in the deck, that repel you. They push you away from the nearest ship. So if you are out front, it doesn't mean you have to get sucked back to everybody else. If you have the right cards, you can push away. So um, it plays very quickly, about 20 minutes to half an hour. Um, but um, it, the way it plays is you have a, a hand of six cards, everybody plays one face down, then you have five, right? And you're, you keep going down, your hand diminishes. Um, but then there's a draft after that. Uh, um, so between each six cards, there's a draft that you get to pick. Who's ever in last place gets to draft first. Um, it's half-hidden information. You can see half the cards, and then half the cards you're getting you can't see. Um, and there are a lot of different variations on the draft. Um, including a fully open draft for those people who are really the thinky types where you can see every card that everybody else drafts so you're, you know what everybody's hand is you do, it's just a question of how they're playing it and when they're playing it and then for younger kids um, younger kids sometimes don't latch onto the whole drafting mechanism and so on you can just deal the cards all face down and you just play what you have that sort of thing so it really scales well for the, for the different age groups okay well looking at the board it's a beautiful board um, that's really good that's uh, you know, does well because we're really family oriented down there. So, how did you hook up with Cryptozoic? And from that standpoint, how did they? Did you just yeah. shoot, give them the um, game and say, "Hey, this is a great game, guys. I think you're gonna love it." You heard that story, yeah? That's it. <laughs> yeah, you Cinderella. Never knew it, no, no. Well, it is. Uh, I'd love to say Cinderella story. You know, this is not the first game I've designed. It's the sixth game I've designed. I've been at this for about six years, and I've been pitching games to to them. Um, and this last year, this one clicked, and it's my first game getting published. The, um, I, it happened a year ago, basically today, I walked up to the Cryptozoic booth and I asked, is there anybody here looking for games, um, you know, looking at, you know, potential games, and just made the pitch a little faster than I just described for you, you know, <laughs> um, and I had a prototype in hand and so on, and we, and we set up a time later on during the con, you know, cons are always busy, and they looked at it, they liked it, they took the prototype, um, a week later I sent them an email message just saying, thanking them for their time, 
and they responded that same day that they like it, they want it, they want to print it. And they have been the best partner. Cryptozoic has just been the best partner for this. They've got a terrific designer here, uh, Matt Hyra, and everybody talks about you know the 90% rule where it's it's 90% there, it's that polish at the end. Matt really took it over the finish line there. He really, really helped me a lot. And it was constant communication during the play testing. And what if we did this? What if we changed that? And everything they've done, I think, really improved the game. Well, that's outstanding. I mean, like you said, it looks simple, but it looks like I like the push and pull from that standpoint. We're looking for a great racing game. We really don't have one in our collection. So Marty said, you need to get over here. I've made the contact. You better go talk to the man. So, Corey, I appreciate you taking your time with us, and good luck at the show. Has it been selling real well at the booth? Do you know? It has. It has. Um, we, I suspect we might run out today. Um, they, there was just you know, an initial shipment. We were concerned they weren't going to have any, um, but they, they got quite a few in just that last week before. So, um, yeah, it, and it has been almost everybody who plays it has been picking it up, uh, really. It, it's, if it's their type of game, they've been picking it up, yeah. Well, hopefully you can take me over there for a demo. Very good. Thank you very much, Corey. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks again. So aren't you ready to come over and play Gravwell? Now, I want to, that's why I preface this. Whose list was this game on? Mine. Was it on yours? No, you probably never even heard of the game. I had heard of the game. I had heard of the game. (laughs) You go to Gen Con and like all of a sudden I got a text. Bing. I just bought Gravwell. I'm sorry. I went, oh. Did did I tweet? Thank you. I think I tweeted that. Oh, did you actually tweet that and not text I don't know. Either way. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So... So, yes, I want to come over to your house and play this game because hearing him explain it and how it works and the concept of you being drawn uh, to to other ships and stuff like that as you're fighting to to race each other to escape this. You're trying to escape from the center or get to the center. You're escaping the center. You're escaping Escaping the center. center. It just sounds just like a lot of fun, kind of easy to pick up. But just uh, was it was it strategic? Oh, uh, yeah. Is it? Well, that's right. He because he he said it was uh, it was uh, for engineers and stuff, and that's when you said, "Well, this would be perfect for us." So that's right. And I, with the demo I was watching, and if y'all hear a bag rustling, that's because I'm unveiling it to show it to Marty. See, there it is, right there. Hold on, let me. I was looking at the email. Oh, you stink! Yeah, so yes, I'm looking at the Gravwell box right oh, now. That's not at my house, even though it was on my list. Still in its shrink wrap yet? So I haven't. <laughs> I, uh, You're killing me. I know. Anyway, how, how many play, how many players uh, can it play up to? Uh, checking that right now, you keep. Oh, it's players one to four. Um, four players, four player, okay. Ages fifteen plus twenty to thirty. It was. It's a very quick game. I was watching the demos and got, when I demoed it. So you're doing this car drafting, like um, Corey talks about. And I was watching this one demo, and all these guys were, they were going through it and. This one guy goes, oh, man, I got this game won. And he plays down his card, and he gets drawn to the other ship. And his friend, who was right there, said, ha, ha. And he played the repulsor card. And he moved away to the end and won. He pulled it out. It was (laughs) his friend was like, and I talked to him. And actually, if you want to, we can do their um, segment about their review of the game while we're sitting there um, talking with them. Um, But anyway, it that's the type of game it is, you know? Wow. So it's a thank you. I think I got this one. And then all of a sudden happens, something happens and, and it changes. I, I like the idea where you think you can plan a move based on where the board is right now. But if somebody moves uh, ahead of you and actually passes you or something, then it'll change how your moves getting ready to occur. Right. And that's, that's what's really cool about this game. And you're sitting there going, ah, do I have this game? Do I have this game? And then all of a sudden, yeah, well, you got the box in front of the mic, so I can barely hear what you were saying. Uh, I'm sorry. So As you shove it in my face and some more. I, I see that. I was doing a screen capture so to put on the um, <laughs> blog. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, anyway, okay. so anyway, but guys, uh, Cryptozoic, you know, they got a lot of good games coming out. Um, you know, uh, while I'm standing there, and we'll have a later interview with the, the president and CEO of Cryptozoic. He was kind enough to give me one as well and you know everybody was there a lot of people were at their booth as well trying out their various games and you'll hear i'm gonna go ahead and do a spoiler there's going to be an expansion to skulls fire really that's what you were wanting there you go i hope i didn't screw that up i know that that's one of the many expansions and and that's you know out it may who knows it could get canceled or they may not they may have just been teasing me and being mean to me but that's okay 
Well, and I, and I tell you, and I've said it before, I'm, I'm hard on Cryptozoic because of how they'll take a game and, and, and pick an IP and just put a, put a license on it. But it seems that the games that aren't based on any IP are really good. Yes. The Skulls Fire, the Gravwell. I'm like, guys, stop worrying about picking up and, and making games about Walking Dead or Castle or something like that. Just go make these original games because the stuff's good. Yeah, I wanted to try the Castle game, but people were always there. Wow. How was, um, just out of curiosity, because we used to play it, uh, World of Warcraft, um, uh, the card game? They had their tournament, I believe, but I uh, did not see anybody playing it at their booth. Okay. I, I, was it a, did they have a big display for it or anything like that? No, they did not. They, okay. they really didn't. Um, they had some stuff to sell there, and but I think that they, had, they were pushing the Lord of the Rings IP that's going on over there. Uh, and then, of course, Castle, and then they had Gravwell. They had a lot of tables of Gravwell. Oh, that's, that's cool. So yes, I cannot wait to get with you and, and try this thing out. Cause like we had said, in, um, before we started recording, what are you doing this weekend? Cause I want to come play. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, so next on the list was an, uh, this is one where I really fell down on the tweeting, but I went to the game salute, uh, state of the union address with Dan Yarrington and a guy walks up to me and we've already talked about this and you heard him on a bumper previously comes up to me. He says, Hey man, I like your shirt. I go, well, thanks. I appreciate it. You know, we're podcasts with a dice tower network. He goes, yeah, well, I'm Richard Lanius. Ding. I'm like, wait a minute. I know this name. (laughs) It's like a a, a little halo comes behind him and stuff like this. It's like, I'd be like an awe at that point. And you're trying to struggle with probably in your brain. Where have I heard that name before? Yeah, so it's locking down on me at that time. Marty said something about this guy. Okay, text. Marty. <laughs> Please be there. Who is Richard Lawney? Yes. And, and only the reason why is because, um, as we had talked about in the previous episode, you haven't played a lot of um, Arkham Horror or Mansions of Madness and stuff like that. You've played his other game, Elder Signs. But, I mean, Richard Lanius is a big-name designer. And he was at Game Salute because he is making the game, is it American Frontiers? Uh, Legends of the American Frontiers. They got it out on Kickstarter right now. Um, and it hasn't picked up a lot of uh, momentum, but, uh, you know, it's early in its, its Kickstarter um progress right now i think there's 20 plus days and when this comes out um we'll probably be less you know in in the teens somewhere and hopefully they'll be gaining some uh, momentum behind it but yeah it was um you know i'm sitting there thinking wow okay so i i you're right i didn't realize who he was nicest guy in the world holy that's like i said in the last episode the community is incredible I know I've already uh, pre-heard the interview, but the guy just sounds like a really nice guy to talk to. Oh, he was. He talked to me even after the interview and before the interview, and and he was sitting in there, and everybody was like, "Is that hey? Is that Richard Lawrence back there?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and and everybody's like, "Yeah, I think it is." <laughs> you know. <laughs> Can we get a picture? Did you get a picture with him? And we're going to move on. And anyway, oh. I know I, I wasn't going to do a selfie with him. You know, hey, you know, um, I should. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, I, that, I think that, that would have been cool. I, I would have loved the opportunity. He was actually at Origins, and I never got a chance to run into him or anything. But I heard he was he was kind of there walking around, talking to people, just being really cool. And I appreciate Richard taking the time to sit down with me and uh, go over his new game, uh, Legends of the American Frontier, currently you know powered by Game Salute, currently out there on Kickstarter, guys. And so, if you just take a minute, listen to the interview, and listen to him talk about this game, and I think it will help you to say, "Hey, let me go check that out. Let me go read the rules and see if it's something I want." So let's let's turn it over to Richard. Tell us a little bit about the game. Tell us what you're looking, what people can expect for this game, and who might enjoy this game. First, first of all, thank you for your interest in it. Uh, the Legends of American Frontier is a lot of adventure with a lot of storytelling and a lot of action, but all that action takes place very quickly in a lot of cases. So what happens is the players will be playing uh, frontiersmen and, and, and uh, colonialists and, and different individuals from, from our founding fathers' days starting in the late 1700s. And they'll early on do a drafting mechanism where they'll build their 
their upbringing. So you'll establish their skills by a drafting mechanism of passing cards around, and that'll establish the start of their legend. They might have killed a bear when they were five years old. They might have traveled with their father, as a, who was a missionary, to the Indians. They might have been born into a wealthy family. There, you know, various different things that kind of form that and give them their starting skills for the game. Then the game has a large deck of cards, which has basically seven suits. And uh, of those suits, it's frontiersmen, fighting, uh, different things like uh, providence and, and uh, uh, capitalism. And, and so as they use their skills, there'll be adventures that will come up both in the uh, back east, the frontier, and the far west. And they'll have opportunities to go on various adventures. Some adventures will be solo adventures where there'll only be one winner. Many times there'll be multiple players vying to be the winner of that particular adventure. Sometimes there'll be group adventures where they'll talk to other people and say, hey, let's all go out west and scout the southwest you know, passage. Let's, uh, you know, let's find uh, the Cumberland Gap. Let's leave a wagon train west together or whatever. And they'll have a number they need to hit. So basically it's a matter of playing skill cards, which are numbered one to eight from their hand, and then the, the, that skill becomes trump. So let's say that it's uh, put down an Indian uprising in the prairie. Uh, they might have to make a, a successfully have a fight of 25 between them and three of us go on it and we have a fight skill of three we play a seven out of our hand so we've got a ten and now since i played trump which is fight they'll deal a card from the deck oh, and if okay. that card comes up fight then they get another card so as long as it comes up trump they just keep getting cards and uh if it comes up luck luck is one of them which uh, luck is always trump so if you get lucky then you're going to get another one also so you're collectively trying to get there if you're doing an individual adventure and you succeed at it, then you're going to get the rewards, and most often it's going to get added to your, to your legend. So on the side of each card, it talks about the legend of that card. So you'll be building a legend as you go that you can easily read across. So, you know, I, I uh, hunted buffalo with, I, with, with the Pawnee. And, I be, and they named me Great Buffalo Hunter, okay, because I succeeded. On the other hand, if I would have failed, it might have turned out that, uh, you know, I was injured and now I have a one-hand card less or, or something else might have come out of it based upon the, the different things you do. But all of these things are adding to their personal stories. So the bulk of the game is this frontier stage where you're building your big legend. Then you come to the end at any point when any deck runs out whether it's a venture deck in any of the three areas or whether it's a rewards deck, any deck runs out, the game ends. And at that point, you're go you're, you, you come to a point where you, there's a little final scoring piece where if you've, got the most, if you've got the most wealth cards you've added or if you've got the most happiness cards, there's rewards you can buy for fame and wealth and happiness and add them to your, add, add them to your, your, your legend, then you'll get a certain card that says, you know, they named schools after me, or, okay. or they, they, uh, they made a, a popular movie, you know, a hundred years after I was dead about, you know, my antics or whatever the case is. But at this point, you know, players will read their legend back to each other. And, of course, you can total your points up and you ultimately have a winner. But the, the, the really fun part of the game is not only is it competitive and there's a winner, but you really, every player's build a legend around theirs and they tell their story. Everything from, you know, possibly being part of the first railroad to the first wagon train or cattle drive or, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a fun thing to watch and play. Well, I know that all, all your games have incredible story mode, so don't expect anything less from here. What? How long has this game been in development with you? I mean, is it? Did you finally just find Game Salute? And they, like he's Dan Yarrington just said, he found you. Said this is a great game. Let's bring it. How long has it been out there for you? I completed the game. I, I, I really, I designed the game about three years ago. Initially, the game was going to go to another company, and not related to this game, but from some other things, I kind of pulled the game back from them, and, and then I sat down with Dan, and Dan really, really liked it, and I, I said, okay, you know, I, if, games, if Game Salute promises they can do an excellent job on what they're producing, you know, art-wise and quality-wise, because I can tell you love this game, you know, I'll, I'll give it with you to you because I'm not really into the whole Kickstarter thing, and I know that's been your main thing. But if you're going to be like a true publisher on this, I'm going to give you this game. And Dan's like, we're going to be a true publisher on this. We're going to do a great job. And I've been thrilled with the artwork. I've been thrilled with the support. I think it's going to be a fantastic product that they're putting out. Well, how's the reception been at Gen Con? I know you've been demoing it. Things been going well over there in the uh, play area? Well, it, 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 you know, so far it's been wonderful. Everybody's played it, has really, really enjoyed it. I, I hopefully some of them will, will post some things. And, and it's just been interesting how, you know, the, the adventures have played out. I know I was playing with one, and uh, the character was a half-breed, and we'd gone out to the far west, just the two of us, to take a mission to the Indians. And uh, he had a card that allowed him to steal some cards from me, and he played that on me. And then, of course, we ended up failing the mission. And then since he failed the mission, he had to draw a hardship card where 
apparently he'd gotten drunk and, and, and had to live with the fact that he shot somebody while he was drunk, and that became part of his legend. And the story just kind of all, you know, evolved, and it, it made sense as you were looking at it, which it, it's kind of amazing sometimes how it does that. But everybody was having a good time. Uh, and uh, so, so I'm really pleased with the way it's been playing so far. So it's nice and smooth. It's pretty intuitive. Uh, you don't have much downtime as a player because there's a lot of everybody plays their actions all at the same time. Then you carry out the actions. So if everybody will choose where they're going face down. You don't know where they're going. So we're going for this thing back in the east. And then you'll resolve that for all those people there. And resolution is very quick and, and fun and interesting to watch. Well, I appreciate you taking time with Rolling Dice Taking Names. Thank you very much. Thank you. Wow, he went into a lot of detail in that game. I tell you, as, as I heard it, I was like, I was kind of being blown away by all, all the stuff that's going on with the, in this game. But number one, I love the theme. I love the American Frontier theme and and um, and that early American history. I, you don't see a lot of games uh, based on that. So just that theme alone makes it something that's very interesting to me. But a lot of the mechanics seem really cool. But I think it's one of those, you know, after hearing it, I was kind of getting lost on stuff. It's probably one of those you just have to kind of sit down and play to really grasp all that's going on. And that's one of those, Marty, that I wish I could have gotten a ticket to because mm-hmm. uh, they were. I went and checked, and that's the one that I told you in the last episode where I said, oh, there's one left. Right. And I said, okay, well, let me go. Per- it's gone. I was like, oh, darn. So, you know, I was like, oh, man, I would have loved to have gone and tried it out and come back because I'm with you. That theme, I love a good Western, you know? Right. And this just, it just sounded so interesting. I mean, the co-op element or helping one another and then the victory. It just sounds like everything that you, I enjoy in a game, the story elements. Um, so I'm definitely, um, I wanna, I'm going to read through the rules again and everything. And, I'm, and if you look at it on the Kickstarter, it's actually very interesting pricing point there's not a um you know if you go here you go there it's this is how much you're going to pay you're going to get the game if you're a retailer you pay this amount for da, 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 you know that it's one thing you get the game you'll get the um stretch goals we're done not a lot of tier pricing no and um, i mean that's what's that's interesting about it I, I i wish i had gotten a chance to to go play it you know yeah, it's just, it probably would have felt weird there at uh, Game Salute, but it'd been cool if you could have pulled them off to the side and say, "Hey, I got to play your other game, Eldritch Horror," and just kind of talk about that for a second. Uh, yeah, uh, but see, when I went and played that, they never really said that he designed it. Even FFG didn't mention it. Oh, okay. And so I was, wasn't really sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, from that standpoint, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, for $49 on Kickstarter, you can go out there and boom, you can get this game, okay? Mm-hmm. And they they've they haven't announced the stretch goals yet. We'll see what they do. So, they're just now getting started. So, if that sounds like something you're interested in and um you're a fan of uh Richard Launius and his other games, go to Kickstarter and and look at this one and and see if it's something you might be interested in. I think it's really great that uh uh, he, he was very cautious about this game. He mentioned that, you know, when he was approached by Game Salute, he wanted to make sure that it was done right. And I think uh, he felt that Game Salute would treat this game with the respect that he was wanted to be treated with. And uh, I'm really excited to see where it goes. All right. So next up, I think um, we're pretty well going to have to go to another show, aren't we, Marty? I think we've pretty well. I think so. I think we're par- starting to push our hour limit again. And I'm sitting there looking at all these interviews that we still have to post. So. We've got some more work to do. Yes, we do. And um, just to tease what's coming up on the next episode, um, what we're going to be doing is uh, we've still got to go over the Game Salute uh, interviews with Dan Yarrington, uh, Ian Stedman, uh, Chris. Oh, Chris, I'm sorry. I'm going to blow this last name. Constantino. I even said it a couple of times and got it recorded so I can hear it again. Um, we still got an uh, interview with uh, Cryptozoic, as I stated earlier. And I also got one with Smirk and Dagger, and as well as Queen, Queen Games with a game, Marty, Lost Legends. I think that, that if, if I had the $60 to give right then and there, they had me. They had me when I demoed that game. What style of game is that? Okay, style of game is a card drafting, defeat the monster, dungeon victory point win wins you the game game. 
but uh, so not a deck building game. No. So basically, what you are is, and we'll, we'll go into this in another episode. But okay, but, but, yeah. okay. So I, I heard I heard a lot of people talking about it, and I was curious. I remember you had mentioned something about it, and it seemed like I was listening to another show somewhere today and they they had thrown that game out there that it was something they were interested in too so yeah i, I need to i'm interested to hear that interview yeah, and we still got sean garrity from um uh Boschka games i hope i did that one right um still got to do that one as well so we've still got some more interviews coming up with some games i tried to hit oh and the big one the big one mm-hmm. star trek attack wing yeah, I thought you'd be geeking out over that one. So I'm, I'm interested to see what you thought. Did you actually get to demo it or did you just watch it? Well, as you know, I, I demoed it in the big scale stuff. Yeah, okay. I didn't know if you were just watching somebody else play or you actually got to play it. So I really can't wait to uh, get to that point and hear your experience on that game. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that versus X-Wing and, and Leviathan because they're all – I'm, I'm jonesing for a tactical type game like that. So that's all coming up, guys. So once again, uh, you know, appreciate y'all – coming in don't forget about the contest uh what else marty um yeah that i, I think that's it uh, uh, make sure to um check out the other people on the network who are also doing a contest and get entered on, in on theirs too. increase your chances of winning all right well that sounds great and once again guys appreciate everybody hearing about the gen con experience if you get a chance uh, don't they and now that it's over it's time to sign up for next year uh no i mean uh, no not until early next okay. year I, I couldn't remember when uh, you just you got a plan for it so once again guys it just think i only spent two days on the floor and all the stuff we've been talking about that's what i got to experience and i didn't even do nearly enough stuff that i wanted to do i wish i'd taken a net runner deck and sat down with some of those guys but eh, that's okay no big deal yeah and i think that's what i found too. our first gen con experience it's like i need to go again because i missed too much exactly there there was so much more going on all right well guys uh appreciate y'all listening and next episode will be more interviews from gen con so if you would just keep rolling dice and taking names please be sure to follow rdtn on twitter at dice and names Join their guild on Board Game Geek, like them on Facebook, or check out the blog at RollDiceTakeNames.com. This episode was sponsored by the Gamers Codex, your source for game news, reviews, and a fun place to discuss the games you enjoy playing. Visit them at TheGamersCodex.com. Sticking that grab well box in my face. It wasn't even on his list. <laughs> <laughs>